RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, students, and entire cities in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. Now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name's Seth, Jim Sidekick, producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast uh, with a lot going on in the world and a lot of positive stuff going on in the world. Uh, you've got a lot going on in the world. You, <laughs> Seth, you're a father. You know what? I mean, you're a dad. <laughs> it's amazing. Do you, do you know what dad is backwards? It's still it's dad. Still dad. Uh, did you have to explain that to me because I'm so tired? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Uh, Seth is the proud father. Of Ava River, and she is beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, only a few days old, and it's a miracle. And you've got a zoniac living in your house. It, you know, it's amazing. Like, that's one of the first things you explained to me when we first met was this whole, you know, hyper learning birth to five. You know, you, you studied this. You, you learn more in the first 60 months of your life then you will learn the rest of your life accumulative, even if you live past 100. Wow. Well, you know, my mom uh, is staying with us for the first, like, 10 days to, you know, new baby gets up out every two hours to eat. You need an extra pair of hands. She went with my wife and I to the uh, pediatrician, and the pediatrician needed to look in her eyes, and uh, my mom was like, say her name. And I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> but I did it. I was like, Ava, and my daughter's eyes pop open. And I'm like, five days, and she's responding to her name. Five days. And then she asked for $20. That is unbelievable. Uh, Can I have 20 bucks? It used to be five bucks. It used to be 10 bucks. I I got asked for 50 bucks. I'm like, what? It it goes up. It doesn't go down. And it's never ending. Well, you know what, Jim? And I I know we're we're talking about a lot of, you know, positive and and more challenging transitions on this show. And I actually didn't uh, tell you about this on our, our quick little show prep call earlier in the week uh but you know the score system is not always tied to uh you know a a score or a dollar amount in business or anything like that the score system is something you need in every area of your life and i tell you where i saw it at and i don't want to shine any uh light on any kind of negative behavior so i'll keep it a little bit generic but amanda was in labor and thought i needed a little bit of a break because i was so, so tense she's your, like your lovely wife yes, yes yeah and she was like why don't you why don't you just go down to the corner place and get a burger for takeout and bring her right back to the hospital. I know you're sick of cafeteria food and her best friend. And, uh, you know, we had a birth coach that we hired to be there. So I think she just kind of wanted a little 30 minute break from my, uh, slight nervousness. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going to shine a light on, uh, any, anybody's negative behavior, but I, you know, I, I would just happen to be a bystander that there was some, uh, we'll call illegal, illegal activity. Somebody getting very angry at, at the restaurant when I was picking up my burger and it was already one of the most, uh, you know, <laughs> stressful days of my life. So I was really rattled and I hopped back in the SUV and I just shut my eyes for a minute and I was like, you know what? 
there's somebody back there that needs me to be a hundred percent. And I just did a, a real quick score check, which if this is your first episode, we do at the end of the episode. Uh, but I, I thought it was an amazing highlight afterwards of, you know, the score system is a score system is a score system. And although we talk about it in things that are easily measured, every area of your life needs this. Well, it's a thought management system. It, it's really a, a simple self-awareness system that, that's going to help you l- reduce your quantity of thoughts, 30 or 40%, eliminate all kinds of negativity, and uh, only think uh, in terms of positivity. So it is extreme positivity. You know what's on my mind, and, and you're a part of this, is tra- transition and that's the operative word for this show today, transition. Uh, in the last week, I've had so many people come to me in transition. And that's when conditions have been altered. That's when situations and circumstances have changed. And you can go through a physical transition where um, it happens instantly. You have a knee injury. And all of a sudden, you're in a serious transition of your life, um, uh, taking care of a knee injury where you, you can't walk, you got to use a cane, maybe you're in a cast. That is a physical transition uh, for a month, two months, three months, however long the rehab is. Uh, so there are physical transitions. Uh, there's menopause, that's a transition. There's old age uh, where you wake up and you realize for the first time in your life, you know, I got more past than future. And you start thinking about your legacy. And all of a sudden you realize I'm going through a transition. When you get your ARP card, that's when you're like, holy <laughs> crap, I am transitioning into, you know, uh, the gray area. And um, but there's geographical transitions where you move to a new place and uh, uh, where a your daughter goes to first grade for the first time, goes to a formal school. These are transitions. Uh, A college baseball player who's a star in college. Now he's in the minor leagues. He's not a star. That's a serious transition. So we have so many transitions uh, in our lives, and some of them are forced upon us. Um, Unfortunately, I have a client, a new client, and uh, what are your challenges? Uh, my wife's divorcing me, just out of the blue. And it's like, whoa, like a thunderbolt. That is a forced transition. And uh, someone, not a client, uh, who's in desperate need of cash, business is not doing well, and needs an infusion of cash, uh, for the survival uh, of his company that he's had for a decade. And he's going through a transition. So transition, that's our operative word. And we all have these in our lives. Um, Having the birth of a child, that's a transition. You know, you're uh, now a parent. And with that comes responsibility and accountability and the authority of what to say or not to say to your to your daughter as she grows older. So transition really is operative. And if you don't currently have a transition going on in your life, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual or geographical or business-wise, um, the likelihood that you know someone that is is very, very high. And most of us will 
have no more than 50 people in an inner circle, that includes work, that we know, some more obviously more intimate than others, uh, meaning our family, as opposed to uh, someone at work. Uh, But you're going to find somebody in that inner circle of people that you know and speak to on a regular basis. They're going through transition. How do you guide them? How do you coach them? How do you coach yourself through transition? Is there a process to make the transition easier? And for most of the time, when I onboard a new client, Seth, um, they're forcing a transition or they're going through a transition and they need guidance. Yeah. And and that's really uh, a main feature of what I do for a living for over 44 years. You know, and can we highlight the positive in that? And that even if you're facing a pretty challenging transition, a pretty big setback you didn't see coming, there is still something in the fact that that makes you look around. It forces you to grow. Uh, you know, people that, uh, that that come to you for coaching, you know, they may be experiencing some pain. They may be experiencing some, uh, some setbacks, some challenges, but they're also becoming kind of new people because they're reaching out to, to seek to be something different. I, I think we're all as humans... Uh as we get up in age, as we go through our lives, we're all transitioning uh, to being our genuine, authentic best self. And and I believe that's the whole purpose of life is to tra- transcend to that person. And some do it sooner than later. And I suppose a few people don't uh, ascend to that uh, position at all, which is really sad and unfortunate. Um, But we're all looking to be our best person. It's not always about money. It's not always about market share. Um, I I realized when uh, we talked about the blue zones a couple of episodes ago where the people that live in these parts of the world live past 100 years old. Uh, The longevity was there. Uh, They were not abundant in terms of great wealth. Uh, but they were abundant in terms of relaxation and happiness, and they all felt an integral part of something greater than themselves, not only the human race, but their small community that made up that blue zone. Okinawa would be one of them. Uh, Sardinia, uh, there's a blue zone there. Um, and uh, they live a very, very happy, productive life. And uh, they're physically fit, and um, uh, with not a lot of effort. Um, so what, what is the point of being here on earth? It's definitely not to acquire great wealth. I, I have billionaire clients that came to me initially. They were not happy. And I'm like, wow, you got a billion dollars and you're not happy? What's up with that? But, you know, money can't buy happiness. Uh, we've all known that. And, of course, the flip side is, well, <laughs> Give me some money. I'll, I'll try to figure that out, you know, <laughs> and I get that. Yeah. But no matter what, transitions happen. Uh, a mother and father lose their son. This was in my neighborhood. They were forced into a transition uh, to be without their son who died in a tragic car accident. And uh, this split them apart. Uh, it... Uh, helped facilitate cancer in the woman who had a mastectomy. And this happened within months of her saying, I wish I was dead. I wish I was dead. 
and I'm trying to coach her off the ledge uh, as, as a friend. And um, uh, her subconscious did everything to transition her into that manifestation, uh, to be true to what she went to bed with every night. I wish I wasn't alive. So uh, transitions happen swiftly. They come out of the blue. Uh, it could be a loss uh, of someone you care about. Uh, it could be an injury to yourself. But you might just want a transition where I'd like to have another uh, career. I'm tired of having a job. And you make a conscious choice that, you know, I I like beer. I love beer, and I, I, I want to make beer. And I'm going to... Uh, make beer for a living and I'm uh, getting rid of my Goldman Sachs job and, and I'm now going to make beer and even though I may not be as rich if I stayed on Wall Street uh, I'm going to be happy and I want that transition so I've seen these transitions quite a bit uh, it's an everyday part of what I do for a living and um, I want to take a deep dive into transition and what do we do and and, and what are you going to do as a father? That's a serious yeah. tr- transition. <laughs> There's always just this other thing going on that's, that's going to be in my head. And Jim, am I right that whether your season of life is bringing you, uh, you know, kind of you got punched in the face transition or you had a new baby, you got promoted, you're starting a new venture. Even though the emotions might be very different, are very different, the the plan, the process, the blueprint for these these turns in life, actually, can they kind of look kind of similar? They're very similar, uh, although uh, the ones that are forced upon us uh, comes with shock, comes with uh, with every transition. There's some fear. Uh, we found out that uh, the average person has eighty percent of their thoughts that are fear-based or negative-based. But I think with transition, it can be scary. Even when you want to transition, I'm going to sell my home in the suburbs. I'm going to move into the city. Uh, I'm going to start a new business. Uh, Wow. Uh, Yeah, I've wanted to do that for a long time, but that can be a little scary because there's an unknown factor to it. And that unknown, that uncertainty of what the future may bring it does create stress. So with transition, typically there is stress. Sometimes it's good stress that you put on yourself on your terms, uh, but sometimes it's negative stress as uh, the loss of a wife, a good friend of mine, a very old good friend. And when I say old, uh, we traveled the world together in the 1970s on the pro tennis tour, lost his wife this past week, and um, he's forced to now be without his wife, and uh, he's going through a transition. And that's tough. Um, The initial shock of it, um, it's daunting. Uh, You can be fearful. There is an unknown. And you have this deep sense of loss that you don't know how you're going to, uh, this kind of hole in your soul, if you will, and how do I fix that? And how do I repair me? Um, uh, this person was such a large part of my life. So I, I think when you become aware that a transition it has arrived, uh, I think the first thing is to do everything you can to shed yourself of being the victim 
if, if this is a transition that uh, came externally and was placed on you uh, without your permission, if you will, without your blueprint or planning, uh, is to do everything to quiet your mind, um, refuse negativity, uh, stay out of the past except for very positive things that maybe have transpired uh, with the loss that uh, you had a, a great life, as in my friend who lost his wife, uh, to think about the happy moments. And um, do your best to lower your breathing from the 15 to 17 down to 6 to 8. So I definitely recommend some meditation, uh, setting your alarm every two hours to make sure that you are breathing uh, because with your thoughts, uh, you can start to increase breathing, increase the stress, and then stress hides in the muscles, and it's just going to cause... Uh, a, a lot of negative things physically on your body. Loss of sleep. Uh, you can have disease. And like my neighbor, uh, she actually uh, uh, was stricken with cancer after she kept saying over and over and over, I wish I was dead. And uh, said it openly to people. And I know she went to bed like that. As she told me that she did. And it manifested itself. So I think on that forced transition, loss of a job, uh, business struggling, uh, loss of a family member, uh, going through a divorce or a separation, uh, doing your best to not be the victim and definitely not being the judge. He said, she said, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, Doing your best to starve the judge in you or starve the victim in you and then feed the champion and and to see what you want in your life as opposed to what you don't want. Now, the transitions that you want to have, I want to move to Sedona. I want to open a bed and breakfast. I've thought about it all my life and I've got a little nest egg set aside well, that's a different transition. It's not forced. It's something I created in my mind. Uh, a lot of people at age 50, 55, 60 are waking up saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to Machu Picchu. I'm going to open up a bed and breakfast at, at the foothills of Machu Picchu. And, um, and I say go for it. But again, you're going to have uncertainty, a little bit of fear. You're taking a little bit of a risk, and you're doing something you've never done before. You're still going to have to deal with the stress of the unknown, and you're going to have to learn how to relax. But the key is to surround yourself with positive support team. Uh, You and your wife brought in uh, your wife's mother. Uh, as a support person. You brought in a birthing coach as a support person. You you have a large family. They're all supportive. Um, Some people don't have that support. And I think that support is uh, is good to have people to encourage you and to inspire you and that understand you and love you for who you are and what you are. And, and say, go for it. And without judging you, 
that's the kind of support that uh, uh, it would really be valuable in helping someone make a transition. And, and so when you're in this situation, you realize it's got to move in some way, right? So the, the first thing is we're clear in our mind, you know, and then the second thing is there has to be, even, even if it's a, a pretty terrible situation, there has to be a blueprint on how to move forward. Right. I, I think about a friend of mine that, uh, this is one of the more terrible things I could think of somebody going through. He actually was traveling for business and, uh, his card got declined, which I mean, whatever. You, I mean, you've been at a store or something like that. It was that, just, that it was just happened to anyone that has a credit card. Yeah. It, it just it hiccuped. Uh, you know, one time I got, uh, I, I got turned down for a, a coffee at, at uh, Panera because my bank thought it was fraud. And I was like, $2, guys? <laughs> you know? And so what wound up ha- he found out happening was while he was traveling, his fiance cleared out all his bank accounts and maxed his credit cards and was a, a basically a professional thief who's on the run. Uh, the federal authorities, I think, have looked for this person uh, who's, who's run the scheme. And I, I don't know a real name or anything. I wish I could warn you about her uh, but he gets back and the love of his life is gone and uh you know I, I think that through you know identity theft insurance something like that they were able to recover some of the finances immediately but you fly home with no money and no love of your life you, then you got to have a plan of where to go well at that point uh you definitely need to take steps forward as opposed to shoulda coulda woulda how did I not see this coming? And that's victim thinking. You, I am the victim. I'm an idiot. I am so stupid. Um, I should have see, seen the warning signs. Uh, they were so clear now, 2020 uh, vision. And I, and I think uh, once you have a plan of what you want, it, it's crucial. What's my next step? My next step, it may be, what am I doing tomorrow as opposed to trying to do everything at, at once? Uh, but I think the, the danger in a forced transition uh, is to curl up in fetal position and feel sorry for yourself and become that victim, become that judge, uh, and all of a sudden you have anger, which is not going to fuel you uh, to a positive transition. It's going to anchor you and, and like a ball and chain on your leg. It's going to keep you in the past and, and you won't advance. Um, all of these transitions are typically positive. Uh, adversity introduces you to yourself. You get to know you and how you respond and and what you like and what you don't like and it's a learning process as we all are on this journey who am i why do i do what i do and where am i going and what's the point of living and these are age-old questions that most people don't answer but adversity puts those questions right in front of you and so I love adversity. I, I think it makes us better. And uh, uh, just having a, a, a life where I just get in my lazy boy and uh, life's good and I have three meals and I watch TV. I mean, after a while, I'm not sure that's the life that you, you'll, you'll really want to live. And I, and I think we want some excitement. We want some surprise 
positive surprise. And um, I think we need to get out there and, and, and move and create and push the envelope of who I am and what I can do. Um, and I've also found that uh, to be successful, uh, there's only one rule. And that rule is there are no rules. There are no rules that say this is successful or that's successful. Uh, one man's success is maybe not another's. So you don't have to have a million dollars to say, I'm really successful. Or you don't have to own your own business uh, to say, I'm successful. And um, I think that really depends on the individual. But let's walk through maybe a couple of steps. Uh, if you want a transition, that you don't, you don't like where life is taking you. <laughs> well, because you can sit there with that transition in the back of your head for quite some time without ever actually putting your foot on the ground and moving. How about uh, forever? <laughs> How about can. forever? Uh, my, my grandmother, God rest her soul, went to her grave uh, with a few dreams that she had. They were never realized. Uh, I saw my mother and my father, both deceased, uh, not having all their dreams uh, manifest and realized. And uh, life is short. We know that. And uh, decide what you want to do. Work B to A. You know, what is going to make you happiest and what is going to uh, give you pleasure and what is going to give you satisfaction. It's typically doing what you love and loving what you do and doing it with someone you love and someone that loves you. And uh, that's really what makes the world go around in a very positive way. But it's being around positive people. I, I think that's the first step is make a list of your inner circle and which people on that list um, don't judge you. Don't make you feel like a victim. And it could be your mother. It could be your sister. It could be your spouse. But these are people that uh, could be a coworker, could be a boss. Uh, surround yourself and be more with people that like you for who you are. And uh, that's the kind of support team that you want. You, you can't get rid of family, uh, but you can definitely not tolerate uh, what they say, and you can turn your ears down and your eyes uh, uh, put on dim and, and, and not go there with them. Well, if we could jump back just a couple episodes to the, the interview with uh, Ryan Lidge, who is a professional baseball player, and after his baseball career aspires to be a filmmaker, right? Uh, you know, that guy could have gotten picked apart with the wrong voices in it, uh, you know, in his inner circle uh, because not that many people are pro baseball players and not that many people are, are filmmakers, but he's already doing it, you know? So it, it, it kind of goes back to that, you know, that phrase you love, you don't know me. Uh, he could have very easily had people around him that were just saying, you can't do that. You can't just, just get yourself a nice, get yourself a safe job. Don't go to uh, pro baseball. Just, go home, get yourself a safe job and you can watch movies on the weekends, but you don't want to go do that. Just why don't you just lean back a little bit? Well, let's talk about positive transition, not, not yeah. ones that are forced upon you. Uh, you consciously wanted to have a child and yeah. you had uh, nine months to prepare, which I'm not, <laughs> not sure if you can ever be fully prepared, but you were prepared. Yeah. You were ready to make a transition 
And um, you need a clear vision in a point in time. So when your daughter's 18, what principles would you like her to have? What character would you like her to have and possess? Um, What positive traits? Uh, Is honesty a big deal? Well, then you're going to have to train her on the importance of being honest and that your word is your bond. And maybe you want her to be a world-class decision maker. I know that was at the top of my list for my oldest daughter, world-class decision maker. That was not easy. Uh, But that was me making my transition of being a father and what I needed to do to help my daughter be the best genuine person she could be. And I had to make that transition and start thinking differently, even my actions around the house. If I want her to be honest, um, I couldn't say if the phone rang, let's say let's say a house phone rang, which most of us don't have house phones anymore, but house phone rang, my daughter answers it, and, and the person on the other line, my daughter knows who they are, and they said, is your dad on the way? <clears throat> now, I'm in the shower, and I yell out, yeah, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a minute. I'm on my way. <laughs> and I'm not on my way. I'm in the shower. Is it a white lie? I'm stretching the truth, uh, definitely. But it's just a little kernel of stretching that truth. I'm saying it's okay to not 100% tell the truth, even though that's so insignificant maybe, but... Add that up a thousand times, five thousand, ten thousand times over eighteen years. Um, will my daughter's word be her bond? Instead of saying, "Dad's in the shower, uh, he's going to be thirty minutes late." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I'll pay the consequences now while the person <laughs> freaks out because I'm supposed <laughs> to be there twenty minutes or thirty minutes earlier. Well, you know. We talk a lot in uh, in every arena about just hitting, you know, a daily standard, right? And so if you're looking for that positive transition, a lot of people think, well, where in the world could I start? If I want to open a microbrewery or leave my current job to start something else, or maybe I want to stay at my current job and there's just this other thing I need to do. I love my job, but man, there's a novel sitting in the back of my head that I've got some notes scratched out on that I haven't moved on in five years. Well, I'm guessing that uh, you don't write a novel in a day, and if you do, it's a really bad novel. So it really is just about hitting a daily standard, right? Well, first of all, you have to see the vision in its completion. Uh, I wrote a book a decade ago, and I had one copy printed. No one has seen it. And <laughs> Seth, you haven't seen it. I have not seen and, it. <laughs> and un, unbeknownst to you, that copy is actually in this room. And, I, and I'm going to show you this book. And you're like, wow. So, Jim, you finished a book a decade ago. You printed one copy. Uh, and I'm going to get it out. But I knew that the book could be a big deal. And I wasn't prepared to see it totally in fruition. And I consciously set it aside. I've recently pulled it out, and I have seen uh, the book not only being a book, I've seen a trilogy. 
I've seen a, its own little cottage industry, and I see uh, children uh, in third, fourth, fifth grade learning the score system because of this book and becoming better people. And that's not only a vision in my mind. Um, I saw parents happy uh, about the book, uh, reading it to their kids. And I was motivated to bring it out because of my new grandson. But now it's going to take a life of its own. So there is a blueprint. I have seen uh, it in stores being sold online and helping kids, young kids, uh, improve their lives and introducing them to some new terms like self-discipline and concentration and optimism and relaxation and what it means to them on the playground in their daily life and enjoyment. What is enjoyment? So it's an introduction to the score system. Uh, But when I wrote it and had it fully illustrated, um, I hadn't fleshed it all out. I just wanted to get the book out in in print, and um, and now I'm uh, I'm ready to make that transition uh, to a new uh, brand in Jim Fannin Brands, and um, it's now taken on its own life. It has a blueprint. It's timelined, and I know the next step of what I need to do tomorrow and what needs to be done this week, uh, and I also have a support team around that book uh and it's now taking a life of its own i will share it with you seth when we (laughs) when we get off the air um but that's how this works well you know in uh in this positive transition arena right the more i've been around you the more i've seen you coach the the best in the world the more i you know had an opportunity to be a part of the show the more i've seen that even the most brilliant people often launch that transition kind of half-baked <laughs> they're like well I, I have this big grand idea but there is no there's like a dot on the map where they're at and there's a dot on the map of what they want uh and they don't usually have the path in between and I, i'll be the first one to say you know 16 months ago 17 months ago when we met i definitely was one of those people on several several goals in my life well i, I think uh you can hire a coach uh i think there's uh, good friends uh, that can give you good advice. Uh, your spouse uh, can definitely give you advice and, and steer you away from something uh, if it needs. You need to be steered away from it. Um, but I think most of us just need to shed ourselves of that uncertainty, that fear of what if it doesn't work. And so you do need to write down what are the risks of transitioning into this new business. And then you need to look at all the risks. What are the offsets to those risks? What could offset that particular risk? Uh, There's a risk that I don't have enough money to launch it. Uh, There's the risk that it could take me away from my current job and my performance could drop. There's the risk that I spend my extra time. I'm not going to have time for my family. So what are the risks? Uh, you sit down and talk to your family about what you're going to do and br- make them a part of it. Uh, get them to buy into your vision. So I, I think there's many, many solutions to this. Um, 
But when you're making a transition, you need to mentally get above the fray, mentally get into a helicopter and do your best to look upon it without emotion. And um, that's not easy. Most transitions are emotional based and that's where the fear comes in. The anxiety comes in and that causes us not to do it. Um, If you overthink something and flood your mind with too many thoughts, it literally will slow you down. So, Jim, the theme of this episode is transitions. And when you're transitioning, pretty important to be investing in yourself, right? Well, knowledge is power. Uh, Imagination uh, will even trump knowledge. But if you're looking for knowledge... There's an app out there, Seth, a phone app called Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, and it summarizes over 2,500 best-selling nonfiction books, and it it, uh, summarizes them into these key insights that you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. There's already over 7 million people using Blinkist every single day, Um, and uh, I love it. I, I like to listen to it uh, definitely in my car, uh, first thing in the morning. And the Blinkist library is massive, and it's got timeless classics to Amazon bestsellers. I mean, it's got the seven habits of highly effective people. I definitely recommend that. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, the 80-20 principle, and Amazon's current bestsellers, 12 Rules for Life, an anecdote to chaos. Uh, 88% of financially successful people read at least 30 minutes per day, and they're hungry for knowledge, continuously seeking self-improvement. And that's what I like about Blinkist. And we got a special for uh, all of our listeners. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Fannin to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Fannin to start your free seven-day trial. You can cancel any time. Blinkist.com slash Fannin, F-A-N-N-I-N. I took four world-class athletes. They could all run the 100-yard dash in a, a world-class speed. They weren't world-class record holders, but they were world-class sprinters. And I had them run individually. We timed them. We had them run as a group in a competition, timed them, and then we timed them individually, and as they're running toward the 100-yard finish line, they were adding up numbers that we were flashing with flashcards, and when they got to the end of the 100 yards, they had to give the sum total exactly when they cross the finish line. So they're sprinting, but they're adding numbers in their head, coming up with the sum total, and finish line 22, or whatever the number was. They would blurt that out. Well, their score, their times running free with no thought was so much better. 
25% better than when they had a lot of thoughts. And the same thing happened uh, when we had uh, someone running that was literally faster time-wise than the other person. But then we had a one-on-one race against each other, and the person that had the fastest time had to add numbers together. He lost the race every time. It was pretty amazing. So what this proved to me, uh, it proved that if you overthink, you'll be slower, and you'll have less action, and you'll be encumbered. And I think uh, too many of us overthink a lot of things. Some of the greatest things ever done, uh, people just blindly went and did it on their intuition. I mean, I actually came to Chicago uh, on the flip of a coin, <laughs> I did not know that. Flip of a coin. Uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and I created a franchise uh, called Tennis Tots. It was a kid's tennis program, only five kids in a class, but we were teaching S-C-O-R-E, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment, those words and drills to little kids in a class. And we had already... Uh, we had about 100 already in the Columbus, Dayton, Ohio area in the summer. And now I have an opportunity. I can go to, uh, I, I had sold over 100 franchises to the YMCA of New York. They were going to buy 100 of these franchises. I'd also sold uh, and had the opportunity uh, to present to 120 indoor tennis clubs to the Chicago Indoor Tennis Association. But I didn't have the resources, nor I couldn't be in two places at once. I didn't know what to do. And I I guess conventional wisdom would be to put it on paper and flesh it out with the Excel spreadsheet and all that. I flipped a coin. Heads, I'm going to New York, and tails, I'm going to Chicago. And I flipped the coin up in there, and tails it was. And I said, I'm, I'm going, I turned down uh, going to New York, and I came to Chicago. That's how I got here. That's how I sold my uh, <laughs> tennis top franchise, and that's why I've been in Chicago uh, over 40 years based on a coin flip and, and just, okay, I'm going with it, intuition. So if we can go on this a little bit deeper here on uh, on not overthinking, right? I'm going to go back to the one of the first examples you brought up, coaching somebody right now, that uh, their, their business has got an obstacle. They have a money flow issue, right? It's very easy uh, to whatever that thing is for you, just obsess and only see that thing and then start to... Uh, uh, run the numbers in your head of like, okay, well, <laughs> uh, only X number of weeks until the bank comes and start to seize my equipment here. Uh, you know, how, what do you put your, your vision on instead of that? And, you know, you've, you've done this so many times. How, how difficult is that for people? Well, in this particular situation, you know, you don't make money until you sell something. You got to sell services or you've got to sell product. And this is a company that has products. And uh, which one uh, will be your best seller? And he already knew which one it was. And he was trying to uh, bring in new products to um, supplement his main product. And I I had him go back uh, and dig the main product uh, trough deeper and wider. And... um, uh, maybe make a little adjustment to it to give it a little more buzz. And um, that's what's happening right now. 
And uh, we also had a 90-day, what can we do in 90 days and what are we doing tomorrow? We boiled it down to 90 days. Um, And we also uh, got him to be forthright with the bank. He didn't hide anything. He went and told him exactly what he was going to do, how he was going to do it. And the bank uh, really became his partner, if you will, as opposed to just a money source. And the bank could have easily called the note. And I, I think when people getting into a challenge, a lot of times you put your head in the sand and no, 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 I don't want, you know, you know, I don't want anybody to know and I'm not going to tell creditors and Man, he was very upfront with everybody, including his team. And everybody has bonded, banded together, and cash flow is now coming in. And the bank has already, I, the good news, given him an extension. And um, with the money coming in, uh, he's going to be able to launch one more product, although he wanted to launch five at once. And that was his challenge. He wanted to get too big, too fast, too quick, uh, without a well-defined plan. So um, uh, he has, he's making this transition, uh, but he's doing a little more methodical, and he's got a 90-day plan, which is uh, easier to manage than uh, the rest of his life plan. Oh, my God, what do I do? I'm in trouble. Because it's easy to... Um, Overthink and become negative, become a victim, become a judge, and and operate fear-based. And everybody can pick up fear-based thinking. You can feel it. And buyers will run from you, even though the product or service is right, it fits, the price is the right fit. Uh, but there's something, I don't know, I, I, maybe I'll do it later. Maybe I'll buy later. There's some vibe that you... That intangible, and I, I think that's the subconscious vibe sending out uh, negativity based on uh, the owner's thinking, and that's what was happening. Well, I actually had a salesperson this year say to me, "Well, you don't want to buy this, do you?" <laughs> that is the ultimate fear-based thinking. Yeah, I would say uh, <laughs> no. I, yeah, I think you're right. I don't want to. <laughs> I actually said, "Do you not like money?" <laughs> But if you get into that, and I think in the score system here, maybe uh, the the two letters that are coming out of the uh, of, for this episode is concentration and optimism. You got to be laser focused on where you're going in this transition, and you got to shut out all that negative stuff. Well, in a transition, the first thing is to get as disciplined as possible, and it's really to shed yourself of things you don't need to do and to get rid of thoughts that are not going to serve the purpose of what you want and not look at the shiny dime of how cool that would be if I did this and, and, and get away from wishful thinking. Create a 90-day plan. Create a 30-day plan. Create a 7-day plan and know what steps I'm going to do tomorrow Understand the risks. Understand the offsets to those risks. But the key is to get self-disciplined. And not just see it, but start living the action plan. You've got to take one step after another. There's no secret. 
There's no hopscotch leaping, you know, broad jump to to where I want to go. It's one step at a time. Then you need to narrow your focus. Put on blinders. Don't see anything else but what you're trying to do. And uh, and you got to constantly sell you on you. You got to believe it and expect it and do it to the with so much repetition you know it because you've just done it over and over. And then that inner circle you have, it's like a dropping a pebble in the water. It the reverberations of that positivity it starts to expound and expand. And um, now the other people in your company believe it. They expect it. Um, your family members believe it. And if, if you can't sell the people around you, it's because you didn't sell yourself first. You got to sell you on you and, and your plan. Um, so self-discipline, it, it, it's a willingness, but it's a commitment to stay with those little stepping stones that's going to take you uh, through this transition. Uh, secondly, uh, we talked about concentration with blinders. Third, you definitely have to have confidence, but the unknown produces anxiety, let's face it, and there is a little bit of fear, and uh, with some relaxation, with replacing anything that creates that fear, replacing it with something that you want as opposed to what you don't want. Um, you got to fight those demons. Uh, that's an every hour type of thing. And, and and just keep your breathing under 15, 17 breaths a minute. You know, once you get over 20 breaths a minute, uh, you can panic, you can overthink, and now uh, you're going to be sending out the wrong vibe. You're, you're not going to get through this transition unscathed. And then last, enjoy the transition. Enjoy it. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the process of a geographical move. Enjoy the process of opening a new business uh, without counting every dime and having anxiety. You, you got a lot of it. And to love a transition um, really shows love for yourself, that I love me enough to go through this transition. Will it be easy? I, I think most transitions are not easy or we'd already made them. There wouldn't even be a transition. You just, all of a sudden, I'm there. I've got a new business. I've written a book. I've got a new novel. You know, I've moved to Sedona, where, wherever I'm trying to go. Uh, so loving that process, um, and, and I think the key to loving it is to really going up above your life and saying, what's the point of living? What's the whole point? It's to find out who I am. And what's the best way to find out who you are? Um, Push your limits. Um, Set your sights a little bit higher. Uh, Go to a place you've never been before. Uh, Learn something new. Learn a new language. Uh, Go to a new country. Uh, take a little bit of a risk. That's really going to help you find out who am I. Yeah. Well, you know, 
it's taken me a, a number of years to really see what most people might think would be crazy to call a benefit. You know, I played college basketball briefly, blew out my knee, came back to where my rotator cuff. That was pretty much the end of my career. I mean, they, they can only, you know, kind of wire you back together so many times. And at the time I experienced a lot of grief around that. And, uh, that's a natural reaction to loss. However, I now see that that adversity gave me so many gifts in my life. It really did. And so if that transition's hitting, am I hearing you say this, right? That even if it's not fun, you know, losing your college basketball dream is not fun, but there's always something there that you can pick up and move forward on. And you you have no idea what the benefits are going to be later. You you know, if you have a vision, a dream of what you want, your subconscious is so powerful it can actually cause you to lose your job so that you can now make that transition more readily. And I've seen that. It'll take you down a, uh, a pathway where like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but it's to get you to another pathway. It's to get you where you want to be. And sometimes we transition through some negative territory uh, to find that promised land. But you got to have faith you got to have that self-belief and you got to keep selling you on you. I can do this, even though the obstacles are so daunting and so real. Um, but you got to also be honest with yourself. And um, I'm not going to play in the NBA. It's not going to happen. Uh, so even if I have that dream, I've got to be honest. I'm not fast enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not young enough uh, or skilled enough to play in the NBA. Uh, so that dream's gone. And, uh, or even come back uh, on the pro tennis tour, gone. And uh, I think being honest with yourself, uh, uh, sometimes that's painful. We always don't want to hear the truth about our own shortcomings, but... Uh, Uh, These transitions, if we are honest, they are doable. And I'm seeing more people today making transitions than at any time in my career, Seth. uh, Last week, the transitions were so many from everybody I was talking to. And uh, I mean, just think about Ava. She's going to transition to a schoolgirl. Yeah. And then she'll transition from high school uh, to college, a major transition. It's going to be a transition for you and your wife uh, to be empty nesters. Uh, She'll transition that I may never go back home to live permanently again, Uh, hopefully. She's (laughs) not in the basement when she's 40, 44 years old. But, you know, we all go through these transitions and uh, having somebody to help you. Uh, talk you through them, Uh, a guide, a mentor, a coach. uh, I think that's a blessing. And and having a parent that can actually guide you through a transition, Uh, even allow you to make a few mistakes. That's a great parent uh, without just yelling and telling what to do because that's how I think you should do it. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? When you put all these pieces together, uh, you can turn something that uh, that looks like a mess into 
something that looks like a real victory. And that's why we always check out uh, who's in the zone each week, because this is not just about, you know, sports scores or people making money. This is about you hitting peak performance in every area of your life. And sometimes it's easy to show those examples because there is a, a metric attached to it, but there's always going to be something in your life that you need to hit peak performance on. Uh, and I, yeah, I think that uh, the, the first one we got to start with here. Aaron Rodgers, if you want to talk about somebody that has optimism and is able to have the self-discipline to not give up, uh, the the guy's career has been marked with coming back in literally the last minutes for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, you know, you could probably talk about Aaron Rodgers every week. Uh, has a bum knee, still playing on it. Uh, won Monday Night Football, great comeback. Uh, defeated San Francisco 49ers 33-30. to 30. Uh, With a minute and 55 seconds, the Packers uh, down seven points. Uh, Rodgers rallies the troops. In one minute, goes 80 yards uh, to get the final uh, three-point field goal conversion. And we also have to go to Norm Crosby, uh, who missed four field goals uh, and an extra point the week before uh, and then kicked four field goals and kicked the winning field goal with just a couple of seconds left. Uh, He got back into the zone. That's definitely a transition from the worst nightmare for a kicker. That's the worst in his career. Four missed field goals, one missed extra point. And then he comes back and has the game winner. It's also kudos to uh, Green Bay uh, for uh, staying with him. I mean, a lot of teams would have had that guy in the Canadian Football League. (laughs) He'd have been long gone if you missed four field goals and an extra point, no matter who you are. Well, let's just camp out right on that for two minutes. So after a game like that, uh, you know, we've we've all seen clips on TV of uh, somebody walking into the locker room and begins to throw objects correct <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but that kind of behavior does not produce uh you know an, an incredible result the next week so if somebody walks into the to the, the proverbial locker room it could be the office it could be home after just everything went wrong it's very easy to feel really embarrassed at that point where do you start to coach that person well before i even go there uh, yeah, well, I'll go there. You coach okay. <laughs> based on strengths. You know, what are your strengths? And, uh, you know, he's got to sell himself uh, on the basic fundamentals of kicking a ball through the uprights uh, and being able to see that. I'd go back to the basics. But the thing that really helped the kicker is going back to Aaron Rodgers. If you heard Aaron Rodgers Talk about his kicker after the game and how he and the entire organization uh, gave the kicker so many positives, so much inspiration, so much encouragement the entire week that we got your back. Success is getting up one more time from defeat. And I think you can go to the entire organization, but you can also go to Aaron Rodgers, who uh, didn't say anything negative and, and that uh, stayed positive with his kicker. 
and who helped him win that game. But there's no doubt about it. Aaron Rodgers is a zoniac at the highest level. To watch him execute 80 yards in, in around a minute to set up the game-winning field goal uh, on a bum leg uh, was absolutely masterful. We also, over the weekend, saw Tom Brady get in the zone and with three seconds left, uh, lead his team to a game-winning field goal over another Zoniac from Kansas City. Mahomes, the quarterback, uh, it was the young gunslinger against the old gunslinger, and uh, the old gunslinger won, but <laughs> it barely. And that was a game of definitely of the ages. Uh, definitely two Zoniac performances with uh, New England, Kansas City, and then what we saw with uh, uh, Green Bay, uh, over San Francisco in the Monday Night Football. Well, you know what? For our, our next in the zone performance here, if you want to talk about a transition, this is an incredible transition. Uh, you may not have heard the name Arlen Hamilton. As she's not exactly like a, I wouldn't call her a famous person or anything, but if you're not familiar with the world of venture capitalism, these are people who are out there looking for great ideas and you know essentially shepherding coaching businesses to success. And what happens is if you are the, the person that puts money into Uber <laughs> before Uber is Uber, I mean, you're your life has changed forever, and right? somebody is out there raising money from investors, sometimes institutional, sometimes individuals, but someone is doing that, and uh, the people that do that are called venture capitalists, and um, she was flat, broke, <laughs> well, homeless, and sleeping on the floor of the San Francisco International Airport as recent as 2015. Yeah. Homeless. She uh, graced the cover of Fast Company, uh, which is one of my favorite business magazines this month. And she said she, when she started uh, in venture capitalism, she wouldn't be able to afford to buy the magazine that she's on this month. And uh, I, a three-year run at that's amazing because if you didn't notice, the word capital is in the word venture capitalist. So if you don't have any money, you don't really have any money to invest, right? Well, she convinced other people to, to bet on her as a venture capitalist. Well, her dream uh, was to create a fund for underestimated people, people of color, uh, people uh, of uh, uh, different... Uh, backgrounds, but people that no one else would uh, invest in. Uh, So despite having no college degree, no formal investment training, no industry connections, black, queer woman, uh, LGBTQ, she put together an investment fund. It's invested in 80 companies, all of which have at least one founder who's a woman, person of color, or LGBTQ. That's her fund. Backstage's portfolio uh, is based uh, across the nation, uh, tech-enhanced fashion, jewelry, virtually augmented reality, uh, energy management, pleasure education. Uh, and today she is, this is 36 months from sleeping on the floor of an airport, a major airport. She's now a sought after speaker. She's got her own podcast and uh, pretty impressive. Uh, and, and she's uh, bringing in a million dollars for these young uh, entrepreneurs to be and uh, successful entrepreneurs. Um, 
she wants to call her fun. It's about damn time fun. <laughs> well, if it, you know, this is a theme of the episode, but you got to see it when nobody else can see it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure before meeting you that if I met her at the airport and she said I wanted to do this, I'm not sure I would have told her to. I talk about a transition. That's a 36 month. Uh, from being homeless to being on the cover of Fast Times, that, that's impressive. Let's let's jump over to a performance that you might not think would be in the zone, but uh, if you have an internet connection, you know that there's royal wedding news because Americans do love British royalty. Uh, so Prince Harry uh, and his wife Meghan Markle are expecting their uh, their first child, and of course they do a lot of PR work. You know, maybe your kid, maybe Ava's going to be maybe hanging they're out they're with the royals. Friends. They'll be buddies. They're going to be buds. This is awesome. Well, you know what? This really did inspire me because uh, Prince Harry went back to uh, to Sydney, Australia on one of their kind of PR tours and he picked a 98 year old woman out of the crowd that he'd met years earlier and went over to her and said hello and it's just a simple story and it's just one of those things okay on level it makes you go, oh that's pretty cool right but really you can walk around like this and when you talk about being the you know the pebble that creates the ripples in the water and spreading positivity Aaron Rodgers does it in the locker room Prince Harry just did it with somebody on the street and uh, created a moment she's never going to forget and her family will never forget uh, which goes to show uh, he is a normal, human, uh, awesome person. So uh, c- congrats to Harry. Um, you know, it's just simple things uh, that make the world go around, and this is one of them. 98-year-old woman, her name is Daphne Dunn, and uh, uh, so he's invited his wife to pop over so the two could meet. <laughs> Very cool. Uh Let's go ahead and hop over to uh, being in the zone. Nobody expects you to be in the zone. Supposed to be in college football. Pretty easy game for West Virginia, who are currently ranked number six in the nation. They were supposed to just roll over Iowa State, and that was going to be that. Just laundry list game, right? However, they didn't count on the fact that uh, Brock uh, Purdy, who is uh, the freshman quarterback for Iowa State, playing in his second, quote, game of significance. So I guess maybe he played in a little preseason game or something. Uh he led Iowa State to a major upset, 30-14 to 14, over West Virginia. Well, I watched that game. Uh, uh, West Virginia is uh, definitely close to uh, my beloved uh, Eastern Kentucky, right across the river. So I've always followed West Virginia basketball, West Virginia football. But, uh, wow, what an upset. And that's a transition for this young man. Uh who transitioned from a nobody uh, to the world stage and upstaging uh, the uh, one of the top three uh, for the Heisman, uh, the quarterback for West Virginia, Will Greer, uh, who's uh, up for the Heisman uh, Trophy as the best player in the land. So I, I love these comeback stories. I love the rags to riches stories. And... Um, these are all transition stories. And, and my question now is, so what about you? You know, we have these stories. Uh, we pull these off the Internet. Some of them were told by other people. But how, how about you right now, listening in your car, right now at home? What do you want to do? What if there were no rules? What transition do you want to make? Do you have something that maybe you've never told anyone that is a passion that you would like to manifest? 
There's no rules here. Where do you want to be? Go to the end of your life. Go to the very, very end. I'm talking about maybe you're listening to your own funeral. What are they saying about you? What's the eulogy? Did they talk about how you transitioned from one place to another? How you manifested yourself into the person that you became? What do you want? And do you have a plan for it? And, and I, I'm here to tell you right now, everything is possible. But you do need to have some bravado. You do need to have that go for it mentality. You do need to embrace good fortune favors the bold. Be bold. Be bold with your vision. Flesh it out. Create a blueprint of what you want. Work backwards, B to A. And then come up with a short-term, 90-day, one-week, what's my next step? And you might, in this transition of whatever you want to be, maybe it's life-defining. Maybe it is to the end of your life. There are no rules. But whatever it is, go for it. Do it. Get a plan. Make the move. Take the risk. So what are you really risking? You're risking you. You're worth the risk of taking a step into the unknown, into some uncharted. Now, I know there's a fine line between being bold and being foolish. (laughs) I get that. Good fortune favors the bold. There is a foolishness uh, on some things that you might want to do. Um, But instead of just having it in your mind, bouncing it off your head every two to three years, or every time you open the closet and see something, or you see something in the newspaper that reminds you of whatever it is that you've thought about, dust it off, and let's get going with it. We're here to help you as well. And, and right now, ask Jim at jimfannon.com if you're ready to make a transition. If you have a transition that you're in the midst of, and maybe it was forced or maybe it's consciously well thought out, send us an email. I'll respond. I, I'll do my best to give you some advice to take this into fruition. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. A-S-K-J-I-M at jimfannon.com. Let's go. Let's make this transition. Let's make it happen. Come on. It's time that we do it. I I hope there's 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000 calls. And I know there's that many people listening. And I know most of you have got something that you'd like to get an edge on to make something happen. Do something special. Change your life. Change the life of other people. And if that's the case, we're ready at the Jim Fannin Show uh, to do whatever we can to help you. And, of course, as you're going through these transitions, you do need to be checking in not just on the day of the show. You need to be checking in on your score level regularly. You know, something kind of interrupts your ups your 
optimism, your focus, you need to be able to get right back on track. And that's why we always wrap this thing up, whether it's your first episode or you've been with us since episode one, we always go back to the zone cafe because you need a reminder that every single week we need to be doing this. Well, you need five uh, components, five intangibles to get into that zone where you're peak performance, your best really surfaces. So here you are, you're in your car, you pulled up, you've uh, in the back seat, maybe you've uh, got a whole box of papers of what you'd like to do. Maybe it's your box of transition. And what's missing? Do you need self-discipline? Because we, we sure are cooking up a heap of self-discipline, the willingness, commitment to stay with a task to reach a well-defined goal. That's a fleshed-out blueprint. Is that what's needed to turn that transition box in the backseat of your car into reality? Do you need self-discipline? Or do you need concentration? Do you need to narrow your focus? Are you trying to do too much? Do you have too many balls in there you're trying to juggle? Uh, Do you have some voices in the back of your head that's telling you not to do it, that's taking you off your focus? So if you need concentration, the ability to focus all your energy on the process of turning that transition box into reality, we got a big plate of concentration. Seth's going to give it to you right through the drive-up window. But maybe, maybe you've got a plan, but maybe, maybe you just need a little bit of confidence. Maybe you need some inner belief. Maybe you need some trust that, man, what I got's enough. I don't need more than what I have. I can do this. And if you need that little optimism, we've got a major bag of optimism. We'd love to push that into the car. That's going to go right in the back seat. It's going to blanket that transition box of whatever it is to help you turn this into reality. But maybe you've got some confidence, but maybe you've got a, a little bit of fear. What if? What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? And it's created a little bit of anxiety. And maybe you're worrying about a few things. Maybe you're worrying about what your family will think. Maybe you're worrying about what your friends will think. Maybe you're worrying about what your co-workers will think. And if you've got that anxiety, that worry, and maybe it's fear-based, we've got a tall glass of relaxation. And once you partake in that, you're going to breathe. You're going to get comfortable. Your mind's going to be a cool, peaceful mountain lake of tranquility. Maybe that's all you need, that breath of fresh air to relax, to take you and cause this to happen. But maybe, maybe you're not enjoying the process. Is it easy? Of course it's not easy. If it's easy, everybody be doing whatever you want to do. If it's easy, you'd have done it 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, 10 minutes ago. It's not easy, but you got to love it. It's got to cause you joy. You've got to see it in fruition. And if that doesn't make you smile, it's not the transition you need. It should make you laugh and smile and want to share that passion. So if you need more of that enjoyment, 
Come on, we got a Happy Meal. I, Seth, you cooking that up? The I'm Happy cooking. Meal? You got to laugh every day. <laughs> and laugh at adversity. Laugh at the challenges and embrace the joy of making this happen. So if you need some enjoyment, we've got that. So what do you need? Do you need self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment? Seth, you are going through a transition. You're in the midst of it. You're a dad, D-A-D. I am so happy for you. You walked in different. You had a smile on your face. You know what? You did. A comfort and a peacefulness about you. Uh, If you could add anything to your score level, what would it be? You know what? I'm going to go with optimism this week. And not that this is a huge deal or a huge challenge, but uh, actually as I was, you know, taking my my daughter to the doctor for the first time, I also kind of just asked the doctor and may have to have a, a little tiny procedure on my elbow stemming back to uh, actually that college basketball injury I, I talked about. I'm like, it'd be very easy right there to get down and be like, oh, I'm going to change diapers one hand. How am I going to, you know, I don't want to be walking around in a sling for a couple of weeks. And then I just realized, you know what? I could just kind of laugh at it and say, I'm going to kind of do that Jim Fannin thing where I'm not flooded with cortisol, even if I have to go through a little procedure. Uh, and uh, even if it's a, uh, even if it's a little speed bump, I'm going to get right back in here. I'm in the best quarter of my life. Well, uh, that procedure uh, is going to help you uh, do all kinds of physical things later with your daughter. It's going to help you in the long run uh, so that it doesn't get worse and you won't be able to go out and play or do whatever you want to do. So, uh, yeah, it's a small thing uh, to sacrifice uh, for something really awesome. Yeah, and so uh, the score system, what are, what are you ordering off the menu this week? Oh, I, I'm, I'm definitely ordering concentration. I, I have a lot on my plate. I've got a lot of opportunities. I'm not going to be able to, to do all of them. I need to shed some of them, and I'm going to do that. I am doing that. Uh, and, and I think with uh, concentration, uh, it's going to help being decisive. Uh, and uh, I'm eyeing that little project uh, that I'm going to reveal to you. <laughs> and uh, I'll show you my plan of uh, uh, taking it to wherever it, it, it feels like it can go. And I, I'm excited about it. So it's concentration right now. This week is all about focus for me. I, you have something on your mind. That's why you tuned into the show. You've got something that you would like to have an edge to help you manifest whatever it is. And you're probably going through a transition. You may have one that's forced upon you. I hope you don't. But if you do, or if it's something that you've chosen, this is a transition that I want. Use the score system to help you. And again, Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. We're here to help you be the best, genuine, authentic person that you can be. And with that said, you have a lot of people in your life that's also going through a transition. And at the top of the show, one of the things I said, you need a support team. Well, be that support person. Support their dream. Uh, Yeah, you can be the devil's advocate. That's fine. Uh, That'll help them. Uh, But encourage and inspire and help other people's dreams come true. Be the best friend you can be, the best son or daughter you can be. Be the best brother that you can be. Be the best husband, the best wife you can be. You're the support team that they've been waiting on. And have a zone week. 
there's nothing better than being in the zone because it's the only place to be. Need more help getting to the zone or want to check out some of Jim's books? Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Fannin or visit jimfannin.com for more incredible tips to help you become your best, most authentic self. This has been the Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.